Welcome to Flop Stars Season 7, the podcast where we celebrate albums that are close to our hearts but may not have gone up the charts. This week we're actually doing an album that didn't go up the charts, which is nice to Rarity, get back but... to the roots of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> and to help me celebrate one of our rootsiest episodes yet. I have Nick Kelly with me. Hello. Hello. It's nice to be back to our roots. You know, there's a bit of criticism every now and then that we're not quite at our roots, so I can suck on these apples. Exactly. And every so often we come back, we rediscover what we're about, and then we stray as far away from the concept as possible. <laughs> so <laughs> we do an album that was <laughs> like a fourth number one in a row or something. <laughs> <laughs> Next week we're doing Scissors SOS. No. Bring it. <laughs> no, what? we're not. We're not. Maybe one day. One day. Um, but this album is actually, was actually a flop, I think you could say. But I don't think it was a personal flop nor a critical flop it was a chart flop but it was the fourth album from lily allen called no shame it came after a period of soul searching for lily she wrote her book and released her book around the same time she'd gotten out of a marriage that had um started to turn quite sour at the end of the last album campaign And she seemed to be really getting herself back on track and reflecting on the mistakes she'd made in the marriage with her life. It touches on everything this album, like addiction, motherhood, marriage. It's all in there. And it feels like nothing was off the table. No, it was a very, very heartbreaking listen at points as well. From someone that's given so much comic relief over the journey, I think it was really interesting to hear that comic relief channeled in a really kind of sad and and at points very ironic sort of way. Um, And there's just so much of it on this album. And I think also some really interesting production choices and collaborated decisions as well sort of brought her into territory that she hadn't been to before. And I think this really is a quintessential Flop Stars album because, yeah, you know, it takes those risks and it takes that shamelessness to kind of couple probably your most honest storytelling yet with really unique production decisions and unique collaborated decisions. And, And... I think it's a really special way of kind of telling these stories. Well, I think when you have... You're so focused on the art and you're so focused on the art as catharsis, you stop to worry so much about how it's going to be received because it's already done its job for you, you know? I think Jesus, there was some kind of um, trepidation on her end about re-entering mainstream music as a mother for the first time in many years. Whereas on this album, she was like, I just want to make something that feels really good to me. I want to make the music I want to make. I've got things that I need to get off my chest. And you know what? If it doesn't land, fine. But it did land, I think. I mean, I personally think it landed for me. And I, I liked hearing her back in this kind of unrestrained mode that she lost on Jesus. Like, Jesus was a bit silly. It was all over the place. Mm. Um, It was kind of chasing mainstream trends, but not really landing on one of them. Whereas I don't think a single song on this album sounds like it was made for radio. Yeah, not at all. This is just storytelling at its purest. And I think that's right. I think this is an artist we've gotten used to telling stories in a very sort of silly and and wild way and sort of taking themes and turning them into ridiculous conversations. But 
it, you kind of need to do that to then come and do an earnest kind of record like this. I think we've spoken about this in the past and even to bands like the 1975 who wrap so much of what they want to say up in irony and, um, you know, kind of ridiculousness that then when you're actually quite earnest for a moment, it, it comes across more convincing. And I feel like there's yeah. a lot of that on this album. You know, totally. we've heard so much of her turning her pain into silly stories for the first three albums. And then to get to this point where she's just sort of putting everything down, down on paper after what was a very, very tumultuous time for her um, is really quite special. And I think makes it much more convincing to the fans that saw past the fun little sing-alongs of the first few albums and the fans yeah. that wanted to kind of get on a deeper level because they knew there was a deeper person there and you saw it in interviews she would do and you saw it in the, the conversation she was having in the press and sort of the way that the press had treated her over so long as well. I mean, when it comes to British pop stars, there are a few that have been treated quite as, as, as poorly as Lily. Yeah. Um, and there was obviously a lot of it. There was a lot that she wanted to say that she felt like she couldn't for a while. And it all sort of comes to a, a sort of head on this album and makes it a very lean-in kind of situation. Yeah, well, I think when you think about Lily, she made such a splash early on because she was such an obnoxious pop star in the best ways, I think. Mm. Like, that first album was so in your face. It was very critical of her peers, like other pop stars. It was very critical of the media, very critical of the government, not so critical of herself. And I think when you go through something like a divorce that really makes you turn that gaze inwards and face some critique yourself, that changes things. And it's not like her edges have sanded down. She's still the best person to go after someone if they give her anything online. She's great at kind of critiquing media in the world that we live in and pop culture, but sometimes you can't, come out with an album like that after you yeah. face something so personal that you're like maybe I've got some things to to improve on as well and it's not just things that she had to improve on there's like things in here about um like how her partner had done her wrong and how how the media had done her wrong as well but it's not delivered with the same kind of toxicity I think as she once would have I'm just thinking about the first song come on now where she sings like I'm a bad mother I'm a bad wife you read it on there like I don't know you read it in the paper you read it online or something like that and to, like she once would have delivered a line like that with a lot more spite in it but yeah she's kind of saying like all right well let's let's think about that and let's consider how that's making me feel and how it's actually not making me feel like I want to go out and talk shit it's making me feel quite lonely and like quite depressed which is a totally different side of lily it's taking ownership and accountability of kind of both sides of the narrative it's taking ownership and accountability of her failings and her flaws the things that the press have tried to hound her for in the past it's actually taking yeah. a lot of accountability of that but it's also keeping you know, it, it's almost keeping everyone else around her accountable and, and these people and, and institutions that have wronged her, keeping them accountable by saying, I'm fucking up. I know, I know that I am and I know that I've, I've had some issues, but also here's some of the reasons why. And I've told you my side of the story. I've put it all on the table. Now you do better. Yeah. And 
I would, and I would argue that the world was kind of going in that way around the time this album came out. You know, there was a, a real turn against the trash of the UK tabloid media. You know, there was a real sort of furor starting against the Daily Mail and the Sun and News of the World. Yeah. That, you know, it wasn't okay anymore. And it never was okay, but that it was harder to verbalise because they were such strong institutions. Um, and then when, you know, a number of court cases and just general public sentiment against this sort of paparazzi culture, um, and I think it was particularly rife and, and potent in the UK and... You know, the news of the world was was under fire for sort of phone tapping and stuff with the royals, and there was a massive conversation in the UK press. And Lily was probably one of the most for, the foremost uh, pop stars that was involved yeah. in those kind of those kind of situations. Um, so for her to kind of take back the the narrative almost on this record and kind of own yeah. everything and tell it her way, I think was really cool. And that's exactly what it is, isn't it? Because when you gives such this level of honesty mm. it gets to a point where you're like what can the press actually say about me because i've yeah. laid it all bare so if people want to come if people want to know about me come to this album because there's yeah. more in this album and there's more in my book than there is in the daily mail right now absolutely which you must know? be quite a powerful shift in thinking i think and i think you feel that confidence on points in this record yeah, 100%. And I think just ownership is a powerful tool, you know, being able to own your own narrative and kind of tell things the way that they are, even if yeah. they might make others think differently of you, is a very powerful thing to do. You've read the book, I know. Um, yes. What sort of, what sort of um, ties does what is expressed in the book have to the record, do you think? I think they're almost a, two perfect companions. Yeah both touch on very similar subjects. Um, I think that the music obviously colours it in a different way and the book gives it a little franker. But I mm. felt like reading the book enriched the album in some way because I think there's there's spaces in an album. Like, I don't think an album ever gives you everything you need to know, obviously, because that's just the nature of music. There's only so much you can fit in a three-and-a-half-minute song. Yeah. But I found that, with the book, I just really understood some of the heavier themes on this album and particularly like the ones about motherhood that she touches on because I think motherhood's such a difficult thing to to talk about in pop music because it's not very trendy or sexy to like make pop songs about being a mother and particularly thoughts of being a bad mother. Yeah. But at the basically at the end of the She's this run. She was on tour with Miley Cyrus and the wheels really fell off. And she was basically, instead of going home, she just went to LA and just like partied nonstop for weeks and weeks and weeks until it was actually Chris Martin in the end who was like, Lily, you need to stop. Um, <laughs> and it, she kind of came to a bit, but she had a lot of shit to figure out after that. And like, I can't even imagine the feeling of feeling like a bad parent or feeling like you've abandoned your role as a parent in some way, which I think was some yeah. of the feelings that she was wrestling with. And you get it on a song like Three here, which is written from the perspective of her child um, as a three-year-old. And it's like, you're, you're out always out on tour. Like you're, you're missing all these pivotal moments in 
my life. And we've seen the turn that she's done. And not to make this like a dig into Lily Allen's personal life, like some kind of documentary, but we've seen recently like how she has really pivoted quite far away from music mm. and she's completely sober now and like has made a lot of change. So I think this yeah. album was a real, real block, a real stepping stone on the, on the way towards that. Massively. So, I mean, you know, I keep talking about this whole accountability thing, but it really, when you, when you're honest with yourself about these things, as she is on this record and as she is in the book, according to what you've said, I've taken one person's opinion on the book as gospel. <laughs> um, when you, you find out age, after the book's completely fictional. <laughs> <laughs> written for the perspective of a three-year-old. Um, <laughs> when, you, when you start that accountability piece, though, like things just start to put themselves into place and you start to move forward. And so it sort of just was almost inevitable that once her skin was shed leading up to this album, you know, that things would only go and become better for her, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And I think, like, we ma- with this conversation, we may be making this album sound a lot heavier than it actually is because the thing is the lyrical content is quite heavy, but mm. the backdrop, for the most part, is actually quite upbeat. Yeah. I mean, you've got a song like Trigger Bang with gigs, which is just yeah. like a, a real like UK grimy banger. <laughs> then you have a lot of like um, Dre, Skull, Dre Skull influence, dance hall pop hits, like Lost My Mind, What Are You Waiting For? And then you've got a song like My One, which kind of talks about her sleeping around and trying to fill that void that had been left from being away from her family and ending up with like STDs and all this kind of stuff and she like does it in quite a humorous Lily Allen way so it's definitely not a heavy out like it's actually quite a fun listen the dance hall and kind of afro beats sort of influence on a lot of this record is very interesting from her and and I think also just with the themes of the of the record like it is a very interesting production choice to go down with a lot of this, this album. Um, yeah. Why? Why was that? Is is that kind of all from the pr- production perspective, or is this something from from Lily's perspective that she's been wanting to explore? Well, I think Lily has always just been like a massive music fan, and yeah, she true. explored so many world sounds that were not coming to the mainstream on her debut album. Yeah. And it's has just expanded them since then, and maybe like she's a kind of veered away from that a little bit and more into like more familiar pop sounds but on this record she really pulls it back and like I remember Lily Allen was one of the first um mainstream artists to work with Burner Boy and now Burner Boy is of course like a um, just massive superstar globally but she was on like his first kind of mixtape type thing so she's she knows like who these people are. E- even working with gigs at that stage for the lead single of a record was a a strange choice that I'm sure the record label would have scratched their head at. Yeah. So I think it's cool to just see her go for it. And the the list of people on here is so wide ranging and interesting. You've got Mark Ronson on some of the more organic moments, and then Blood Pop is on one of the songs. You've got Ezra Koenig with a writing credit on my one. Um, you've got Friars, who does a lot of work with, like, Ray Morris and kind of, like, alternative pop stars. And then you've yeah. got Dre Skull, who's, like, of course, the, like, works with people like Popcorn. So it's yeah. really all over the place. 
I um I was thinking more about like when you do think about the the kind of genres she's explored. I'm thinking about Not Fair even, and just how much yeah. of a lean into country that is, despite still being one of the most like straightforward pop songs of her career as well. Yeah, like, totally. Very hook, hook verse, hook verse structure. Um, yeah, it almost feels like it's expected now that she will go in these different directions. And then when you look at something like Jesus, where she sort of went almost doubled down on the mainstream pop sound at points, but then also had this sort of glitchy trip hop production on things like You Are All Bad Man. And yeah. it's it's very interesting the banger. way that she's used to, Oh, banger. Still one of the t- top three. Top three, without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that she knew that this album was going to be a difficult pill to swallow for her label. Like, when mm. you've had so much shit in the press, like, yeah. everybody's talking about everything from, like, miscarriages to addiction to the breakdown of your marriage. The record label's, like, probably rubbing their hands together and is like, we are going to have one hell of an album on our yes. hands. And then she delivers this and they'd be like, well, fuck. Like... <laughs> 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 There's not an obvious radio hit on here. And she knew it because she delivered for the first time the finished album to the record label rather than playing it to them in pieces as the recording process went on. Yeah. So she knew. She was like, this shit's not going to fly with them. That's the way to do it. <laughs> that is the way to do it. Um, yeah, it's... it's And, and I, I just love that... I think this kind of came out at the time where the record label artist relationship was very fundamentally changing to what it's sort of become now where yeah. record labels are less about the actual production of the record and less about the sort of nitty, the nitty gritty of making the music and they're more acting as the conduit for the for taking the music to the fan and using their resources and, and artists are, are wising up to just using the record label for the resources and not for yeah. this sort of ongoing creative collaboration that ongoing creative collaboration is more left to artists and their teams and to imprints and to executive producers now rather than A&R guys sitting in the back of a room doing it. And, and it, it feels very as lily to have lent into that very early as well yeah. because it's very no bullshit. Um, and I think this was, that was a very good decision from her to do that because you, you present a very – and and people in record labels are, are not dumb. They're music fans and they understand yeah. what makes a great – album and this objectively is a great album despite it maybe not having those commercial moments that are that we've been used to with Lily since the start of her career yeah totally and I think it's it's takes her and it opens up new horizons for her career where she can kind of do what she wants now that she might not that she's taking them she might never do anything again but (laughs) music wise I know she's in plays and shows and all that kind of stuff but yeah it was a real um like a real breakout for her creatively and one of the major things about that is that she purposely chose not to work with greg kirsten who she's worked with on every record before because she wanted to prove that she could do it without him which i think is such a such an interesting thing to have to feel like you have to prove and such a like obviously a female pop star kind of thing to have to feel like you need to let the public know that you're not driven by the man working behind you, you know? Yeah. They're not the common denominator to you having success. Yeah, totally. Because it gets like Um, that occasionally. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I love that I just tried to end your point. Yeah. No, I like Let's it. Not get, glad you did. Let's not get too nasty about that. Get bogged down on producers. this. Producers. <laughs> no. this International Women's Day. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Today. Today. Well, today in Australia. Oh, you're in a different America. time zone to me. Yeah, we're All playing right. This Is Me by Kesha on the radio, so that's good. And uh, <laughs> someone's put uh, someone's put on a TV screen, uh, a woman in the office has put on a TV screen that it's International Women's Day, so that's good as well. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, it's not. Feminism is sorted. Well, we will celebrate International Women's Day because our song game... Is all women. Women against each other. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Pitting women against each other. It's what International Women's Day is all about. If you would be proud. Flop stars. For this song game, I'm going to put up songs from No Shame against songs off artists' fourth album. Because I think the fourth oh, album dude. is an interesting time because... A lot of the artists are generally approaching their late 20s, 30s, have lived a lot more life experience than they have on their debuts, but have also solidified their career to the point where they're starting to play with some creative freedom. And that's something you can say about all the four records in this song game um, and Lily's being Very true. Fit. Very true. So the first one is Trigger Bang. Trigger Bang. Versus Yuck by Charlie XCX. Yuck. Ooh, this is Yucky. hard already. Um, you know, Yuck is one of the most sort of straightforward pop moments on that record. Um, and, you know, underrated smash. Trigger Bang, also underrated smash. But, I don't know, Trigger Bang's infinitely more interesting to me. And I think there's a lot more interesting moments on the Charlie album. Um, so Trigger Bang's quite a, a clear winner for me. You don't think Yuck is one of the standouts on the Charlie album? It's just a pop song. It's straightforward. What? But... It's still fine. All right. You okay. seem very upset by that. Well, I think it's one of the most like charismatic songs on the album. I feel like it carries Crash in some way. No. It's better than Baby, in my opinion. Is it better than Beg For You? Because I disagree. Yes, it's definitely no, better than Beg For not. You. Beg For You is one of the worst ones. Is it better than New Shapes? Yes, it's better than New no, Shapes. No, it's not. It's not better than Constant Repeat. Fundamentally incorrect. And it's not better than Lightning. No, it's not. Well, of course, you'll agree with that. You're basically putting it at the bottom. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yucky. I just winked at Sam. To You're being stuff. yucky. <laughs> I winked said, that's right. Um, no, but it's, it's So you're going with Trigger Bang? Bang, bang, trigger, bang for me. Yeah. Okay. Grab a few bands. And a few bands. In elastic. <laughs> in elastic with your two hands. <laughs> <laughs> we fucked it. Um, oh, this is this is hard for me. A lot harder than you. I didn't yeah, realize it was going to be such an easy one. Yucks. Um, because I like really love time. Charlie's delivery on Yuck. But I also really love... Lily's delivery on Trigger Bang. That's true. Um, and I like how she kind of makes this party song about almost like addiction and not being able to be put yourself in any fun situation because you're yeah. going to like fuck up in some way. Um, yeah, I'll go Trigger Bang too. I will Good. go Trigger Bang. Correct. Yeah. Despite Yuck being Pulitzer winning for you. <laughs> Not Pulitzer winning. I don't think it's like song of the year or anything. I just think it's fun. 
Why don't you marry it then? When am I ever the one getting the shit for liking the fun song? Yeah, I know. That's why I'm doing this. <laughs> Giving it back to you. Right, next song. I've had enough fucking podcast. <laughs> this has been next nice. Next one. You've put me off my game now. My apologies. You've upset me. Get your head in the game, um, please. Three. Please don't go. Stay. Versus Joanne by Lady Gaga. A song by a three-year-old versus a song for a dead aunt. In this life, you are either a three-year-old or a dead aunt. You are. You can't be both. You're no. either or. Either or. And there's no in-between. What are you? You're giving dead me aunt. dead aunt vibes. Yeah. De- definitely dead aunt. I think and I'm a three-year-old. Well, you act like one too. <laughs> Well, you act like a dead aunt too, Correct. sitting there doing nothing. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> All right. This, this song, um, look, three, I think is is the most beautiful, probably the most beautiful song on this album. And I don't generally like kids in general. Um, <laughs> I don't generally like What about songs. Jojo Siwa? She's not a kid anymore. She's an adult. Really? Adult lesbian, I think. I think she's an adult. Yeah, she's she's an adult, isn't she? Adult lesbian. Adult lesbian. She's nineteen. She's an adult. She's fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. Generally, don't like kids, Um, but I think this is a really beautiful kind of (laughs) the way that she talks about the mother's guilt that I think a lot of working mums feel um, is quite incredible, and. As good as Joanne is, you know, cowboy, pink cowboy hat off to her. Um, you know, I think three is just such a beautiful piece of storytelling. And to sort of get into the character of her three-year-old, um, yeah, I just think it's a magic kind of song. So I'm going three. Thank you. I agree that it's a magic kind of song. It's a very mm. special perspective that when I heard the concept of it, I thought this is sounds absolutely awful. Yeah. Um. And then I found it quite heartwarming. But yeah. I will say to Lily's credit, th- the stuff that the kid's doing like doesn't sound that fun. You know, like it doesn't no. sound like she's missing out on much. This afternoon, no. I made a pape f- mache fish, mum. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna feign interest. Don't in have that. time. Like, that. How good can a paper mache fish by a three year old be? Not good. Not good. Um, like. My social calendar is busier than yours. No, it's not. <laughs> you go to like you go to playgroup, and that's it. But she's saying that the mum, like Lily's never around, but then she's dissing her for not having a social life. So like, where where yeah. does she think Lily is? Anyway, um, that that well, aside, three is a beautiful song. I also think that Joanne by Lady Gaga is a beautiful song, um, yeah. with one of the finest vocal performances by Gaga. But yeah. I've got to go with three as well. So it's two for yeah. Lily from both of us. Just on the child's life being boring. Yeah. <laughs> the, the bridge really attests to this. When things feel black and white for Lily, the child offers to do some colouring in. Boring! Yeah. No. Lame. She's a pop star. She doesn't want to do colouring in. You no, know? she doesn't want to do colouring in. 
sorry. Even with those bloody adult colouring in books, which I got my mum for Christmas last year, and it was her favourite present oh, of that's the 15 different ones that I got. So <laughs> I said, I like, she liked it. I didn't understand why. I bought it because it was on a shelf, and I was like, oh, that'll do. <laughs> Mum's love that shit. Speaking of, this next song will probably resonate with us. Lost My Mind. Versus Adele's Oh My God. Oh my God, they can't keep it in. Well, a lot of people in the Um... Look, Did lost you just my mind. Scat for the first time on the podcast. Um, lost my mind is the chaos that this podcast needs. Um, and I think quite a nice little sort of juxtaposition between the sort of monotony of what was going on at the time for a, a sort of, you know, going through the the rigmarole of it all every day, going through a divorce. Um, but it's quite fun. And oh my God, sort of, I don't know. This is a hard one. Because oh my God kind of does similar. It's quite sort of, you know, groovy and jovial. So yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. I think. Oh my God is produced by Greg Kirsten, by the way. Yeah, That's why I, I put it in here. That's good. That's good for me. And it's also from a fourth album. It's. That's the yeah. That's the main. Um, I think I think I'll go. Oh my god, though, but only only just and not for any particular reason. I have no strong yeah. conviction on this, but that's okay sometimes. What about you? Yeah, this is hard. Mm, it's quite. Difficult. I don't think Oh my god is like the best Adele song by god, any no. means, but it's no. good to see her like do a little pop song. Yeah, I think the thing that gives Lost My Mind the slight edge for me is that I just think Lily's vocal delivery on this song is so good like mm. in the verses how delicate it is and the production's like quite glassy and delicate while also being fun like you said i just think it's a perfect mix of things to like to like trigger the self-doubt that she's talking about in the song so i've got to go lost my mind it's three f- for lily for me yeah well good result me. good result is she gonna get a four out of four what's our fourth song battle the final one, What You Waiting For, not to be yeah. confused with Gwen Stefani's What You Waiting For. Versus Lana Del Rey's High By The Beach. Because um, I think I recall you saying you like High By The Beach, which is why yeah. I put it in. Okay, that's and I very think good. it's got a similar kind of vibe to this album. And it's also from Lana's fourth album, is that correct? It is, yes. That's very good. Um, yeah, look, High by the Beach is 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 the best in terms of Lana songs for me. Um, but What You're Waiting For is one of my favourite songs on the album. I mean, it speaks very, very directly to the feeling of separation and the feeling of um, what what the what the few weeks after are like and the few months after are like. And it's a fucking difficult thing to explain the the sort of guttural physical feeling um and how you feel about that person and that and how you feel about that person changes so much over the months after and i think she yeah, does a really yeah. good job of articulating that over sort of a, a, a funny little beat 
Um, <laughs> funny. How <laughs> <laughs> I'd describe it. Um, I'm going to go with Lily. I'm going to go with Lily for this. Okay. Yeah. Right. What about you? Um, yeah, I also really like the subject of what you're waiting for. And I love how fragile and um, confessional it is. Yeah. But then it also sounds like a song that you could like, you could get down to in a club, you know? It's yeah. like got a really cool vibe to it. But, you know, nothing comes between me and Lana. And I think High by the Beach just has the most like amazing woozy psychedelic like overlay to it and yep. just one of Lana's great vocal deliveries and most nonchalant performances so I've got to go with High by the Beach on this one you so thought I was going to go with Lana didn't you I thought I might get you there yeah no you've just done it despite me well no I watched a TikTok this week of Lana bumping into some TikTokers at an event that she watches and it was the cutest thing I've ever seen. And I think she's so sweet. There with you her. go. I really liked it. And you liked her last song in Bopper Flop. I liked her last song, yeah. You're going to absolutely love the new album, I think. She says that some of the songs are so wordy that they had no structure to them. She had to take them to the producer to make sense of them. Oh. <laughs> Heart palpitations. <laughs> Thinking about this. <laughs> it's not about Lana. <laughs> we could talk a bit more about Lana. I'll get her back on here one day. Um, okay. Well, let's talk about what the critics said about this album. Let's do it. Because they were generally pretty positive for it. I think there's always been a thing where the UK, despite being very nasty to Lily in the press, has always related to her music a lot better than the US. Yeah. So most of the negative reviews for this album, not negative but lukewarm, yep. were by Americans and the positive mm. ones were by the British. So yeah. that's where the division is here. But Pitchfork gave it a 6.3 um, and they said her new album marks a return to sincerity and its assessment of motherhood, failing relationships and infamy. Sadly, these potent themes are often diluted by antiseptic production. Antiseptic Which is just something that I don't... It is a That's very right. good way of saying it, but it's not right. No. I don't feel like that at all. No, not at all. In, in fact, the production to me on this feels the most authentic of probably her career. Um, yeah. You know? I, I mean, mean, it's, it's definitely clean at points, but... yeah. It's it's clean, but it's it's delicate because there's a lot of sto dense storytelling that needs to happen on this album. Yeah. It needs its time. Um, I looked to, I just had a look. She's just got a 5.4 on Pitchforks. This was a slight improvement for this album. Okay. I don't think one point is enough division no, between these two albums. Yeah. That makes them seem almost similar, and they're yeah. really not. It's like night and day. It's a it's different artist on this it? record. The Guardian got it, though. The Guardian gave it a 4.5. He's called it a slightly odd album where the horror of divorce is laid bare next to cheery pledges of everlasting love, where stuff wrapped in cliche coexists with songs that are painfully honest and revealing, which actually I think does a great job at pointing what, out what this album is so good at. It's yeah. good at making a very specific situation seem very relatable to a lot of people. Yeah. 
I mean, there's something for everybody in all these songs, whether you only relate to the upbeat nature of them or whether you're really delving into the lyrics or whether you've been in a very similar situation to Lily. There's a lot to there's a lot to like here, I think. I think in certain frames, you know, the devastation of separation and divorce and the devastation of where relationships can go at points, that sort of regret of not being there for the ones that you love, all of that can be felt by pretty much anyone if it's framed right. And I think it just takes a little bit of empathy, but also, you know, there's a grief in this record. There's an immense grief. Um, And I feel like grief is something that even if you haven't been through that particular type of grief, you can always feel, you can always remember what that felt like. Um, And I think that's definitely well framed on this album. And I think it's interesting that you put Adele's Oh My God in the the song game a minute ago, because that's probably the... just going to talk about her. Yeah, it's like the other album that I really felt and still feel, you know, you were right there. You were in the middle of the story with her. And I've never been through a divorce. I've never been married. You're closer to it than I am. Well, your um, famous birthday says otherwise. <laughs> That's a very good point. According she's to famous closer birthdays, to a divorce? Yeah, because she's married. <laughs> and you hear the cackling in the background? Someone else agrees. <laughs> <laughs> that is Bianca laughing, actually. <laughs> um, for those wondering, if you look at famousbirthdays.com, there's a photo of me with blue hair. Um, and also it says that I, I was married to Bianca Bosso, um, our silent producer and Sam's wife. Um take that information how you will. (laughs) So you have been divorced, so you lied. It's a very good point. (laughs) But I do think before that, you were making a very good point that tying this to the Adele album. Yeah. Because the Adele album, in the way it addresses divorce, is so pinpoint specific about certain moments and about things in her life. It's so honest that it's so difficult to not relate to it or feel something to it. Like, I think a song like I Drink Wine, where she sings, like, I hope I learn to get over myself. Like, that's not the kind of thing you just hear on a standard run-of-the-mill breakup album. They're usually angry. They don't have that kind of self... um, what Like, that self-looking inwards... What's the word? Reflection. Self-reflection. Self-reflection. Yeah. Yeah. And I think... It's the same on this album. I'm thinking of Family Man, which I think is one of the sadder songs on the record. And she says, I've come to the land of the free to let loose. I'm faithless. I'm lost and shameless. This would have been after the tour when she went off the the wheels. And she said, but don't go forgetting me. I don't like most people, but I'm scared, not evil. Like, I think that line, like, I'm scared, not... It's just so good. Like, that is just excellent writing. I think it's really also very excellent. interesting hearing, you know, if we're talking about that Adele comparison, both kind of similar ages when they went through their divorces and when they wrote them, you know, as far as I know, Adele was 30, Lily was 32, um, you know, and at least going through it, you know, a couple of years prior to that. And yeah. I think it's interesting hearing divorce albums from people who haven't been married for a particularly long time, because you generally hear about divorce and it's often women in their late thirties, early forties that, that kind of go through it. I'd say statistically, if you really looked into it, that would probably be the, the major demographic. Um, yeah. but it's interesting hearing someone who is still very young and still has sort of such an opportunity to continue in the relationship game talking about divorce. Um, yeah. 
it's it's always been like if you're a divorcee, you're often like in your 40s or 50s. That's sort of the, the stereotype. Yeah. Being a 32 year old divorcee doesn't doesn't feel like the the normal thing, if that makes sense. And I really like that having conversations about it, you know, from from both of these women is quite powerful. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I think both albums kind of look at the aftermath as well and like getting back on the horse and like yeah finding their self-confidence again i like to see those two sides of the coin i also like and and i think that adele brings up a similar thing of like feeling like by divorce you were repeating what your parents did and what you never wanted to do like there was this feeling that you just didn't want to do it because your parents had like caused you so much pain by doing it And Lily says it in Apples. She says, now I'm exactly where I didn't want to be. I'm just like my mommy and daddy. I guess the apple doesn't fall far from the tray. Oh, my God. That's a line, Sam. It is a line, line isn't it? It is. She's just... The the writing was underappreciated in this album completely. But but we're going to give her her dues. Um, Should we play a game? Let's do it. Flop stars. All right, so I'm going to give you, speaking of a line, I'm going to give you a headline. You need to tell me if this was an actual headline that I read on the internet or whether I made it up. Because right. there was a lot of headlines about Lily at this time. So many. And anything could be true. Okay. The first one is, is it nosy to ask what that white mark is in your nostril, Lily Allen? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> is it they loved a cocaine story, the British press. They Think love it. Front page everywhere. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that is a headline. Otherwise, you should be working for the Daily Mail. <laughs> I wish I could write a headline like that. That is a headline from the Daily Mail, I believe. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> <sighs> Silly Lily Allen can't do math as she argues with sexy fish staff about dinner bill. Now, I would find it highly unlikely that there was another sexy fish story because it is a well-known fact of British culture that <laughs> Jess Glynn is the inventor of sexy fish. And well, sexy fish is a very popular spot. Yeah, but only for me, life. only Jess Glynn is going to the Only sexy Jess Glynn has been there or not been there because she wasn't let in. That's true. I imagine Jess Glynn goes to the Sexy Fish with like Becky Hill and like <laughs> um, maybe Anne Marie gets a, a pity invite as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can see Mabel getting the call up. Mabel, yes, Mabel's at the Sexy Fish. Mimi Webb will be there too. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrating the album. Um,. <laughs> Uh, I, I'll be there. I, I don't I'll, reckon I'll be there with Leanne, bells on. I don't reckon she would be arguing over a dinner bill. I don't think she'd give a shit how much it didn't cost. So I'm going to go that that's a headline you made up. I did make that up, and that's very observant. Knew it. Uh, you thought more into it than I did. It's called depth, baby. Next one. Lily Allen declares not fair better than the Beatles' Hey Jude. <laughs> that sounds... Both like something you would say and like something she would say. So this is a very difficult one because it feels very this podcast to declare that. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to say that Lily... It is, I will say. It is better than <laughs> the Beatles, hey, Jude. It's exactly. Just for the record, it's better. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say that this was something that... Um, yeah, I'm going to say Lily said that. 
I made it up. Oh my god! <laughs> Damn it. Next one. Katy Perry apologizes for Lily Allen fat jibe as she parades around in a plunging gold cat suit. Who's in the plunging gold cat suit? I don't know, actually. I think <laughs> Katy Perry, I guess. <laughs> Why is she making a fat jibe while wearing a gold cat suit? <laughs> Katy Perry doesn't know who Lily Allen is. This is fake. It's real. What? Yeah. How does she know? How do they know each other? In my mind, in my mind, Lily Allen is not known by the mainstream pop girlies for some reason. Yeah, I feel like that too, but she would be. Yeah. She's both very she homely and, and small fry and a yeah. superstar at the same time. It's very, very difficult. Um, all right, well, I got that one wrong. I need Next to one. Lily Allen reveals she can't remember writing her book. Oh. Yeah, I think I think when you're pouring your heart out, and again, I'm going off one person's opinion on what this book's about. When you're pouring your heart out with like traumatic stories and stuff that's happened, I think you tend to sort of numb up to that a little bit and you, you sort of block it out and just get it out onto paper. So I reckon I reckon that makes sense. It's like a lot of artists talk about how they don't remember writing albums and they don't remember, you know, p- performing big shows and, and the like, even well, if they're sober. Well, I think that's because there's a few substances involved. No, but oh, there's apparently a thing of like people will do shows and you just don't remember doing them, even if you're sober, because the adrenaline's just so enormous that it sort of blocks your, your memory vessels. Um, I'd be off chops if I had to be in a room like like a tiny studio every day writing with <laughs> Benny Blanco. <laughs> and circuit. Um, I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say she said that. Yeah, and that's a real headline. I made it up. Oh my god, I'm terrible. She at might game. not remember, but I did make it up. Okay, final one. Okay. Lily Allen wraps up in earmuffs and a fleece as she braves the London chill after revealing she was hooked on speed and nearly took heroin. That's about as Daily Mail as it gets. That's a headline. <laughs> that's real. That's straight out of the hand. And that's the game. That's great. I don't know how you did, but I feel like I won. Not well. <laughs> yeah, I think you did much better with fooling me. <laughs> All right. Hit me with your best, your worst, and a score out of 10. Best is three. I think, you know, we've spoken about Oh my God, I it. thought you were giving it a three. <laughs> <laughs> um, that song, I mean, I've already said everything that needs to be said, but I just think it's so vulnerable and honest and sort of apologetic in a way um, without saying the word sorry. And I really quite like that. It's, it's the ultimate form of empathy mm. to understand exactly what's going through your kid's mind when they don't have the words yet to articulate it. Um, and I think it doesn't just speak to the kid, it speaks to everything and the way that she felt she was letting down everyone that was important to her and herself. Yeah. And I think that that song really en- encapsulates all of that. Um, I don't That's really, really have beautifully a... described. Actually. I was actually, literally as I was saying it, I was like, I'm doing a really good job here. <laughs> All right. Now I don't feel like that. You already oh, had a big head. <laughs> um, I don't have a least favourite. Really? Yeah. I'm actually going to second, abscond from a least favourite this time and give the album an 8 out of 10. 
You know, I, wow. I think there are moments of subtlety on it that feel a little bit too subtle. Um, I, but maybe that's just because of what I'm used to for the three albums prior. Um, yeah. 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 No okay. least favourite. No least favourite. What about you? Um, my favourite is... Oh, it's hard. It's a mm. toss-up between What You Waiting For and Lost My mm. Mind. Yeah. And Trigger Bang. Yep. And three, yeah. actually. And Family well, Man. We've once again arrived um, at that situation where you've named half on, the album as your favourite song. All right, I'm, I'll go Lost My Mind. I think Lost right. My Mind is my favourite. <laughs> and my least favourite is probably Everything to Feel Something. That one just plods okay, yep. along a little too if, slow for me. Yeah, um, if it was going to be really And I would also give it an 8 out of 10, quite comfortably. Cool. I'd even yep. be happy pushing it up to an 8.5 out of 10, to right. be honest. Well, I think go for it. I think it's a for great an average record. 8.25. 8.25. Let's do that. Mm. Joint score cool. of 8.25. Locked in. <laughs> and that's it. That's Lily Allen's No Shame for you. It's a really lovely album review, actually. It's a really lovely dive. I liked that a lot. It was um, quite lovely. Potentially not rate. fun enough. Possibly. <laughs> it's possibly too earnest <laughs> points, but that's the whole point of this album, <laughs> is it not? Hey, um, like it's a review. You know what? On- we have no what? idea what we're doing next week. No. Oh, yeah, we haven't worked that one out. We actually don't know. I think we put one, didn't we put one on the um, the list last week? I can't remember. This is an off-air conversation. Know. Just stick around. You know it'll be good, Al. Um, make sure you hit the stars on, if you're on Spotify, can you please go to the stars and rate us five stars? Not four stars, rate us five stars because it helps get on the charts and then more people find the podcast. Um, and if you I are on... I have done that. I might do you that need now. to do that. Be smart. And then on I Apple Podcasts... I can't Podcast, see where, it, where you do you. it. You do it at the very top. Under the no, description of the podcast. All I no? can do is unfollow. Are you sure? Look at, look at here. Under the follow. I'm not oh. on my phone. I'm on my computer. Oh, well, there's your problem. Get on your phone. Like a real person. Oh. Right, an old I might man. do that after. That might on be the an computer. after work. Job. Yeah, um, we'll catch you next week. Flop Stars podcast on the socials if you want to chat to us or disagree with anything that we've had to say. Chat to you soon. Bye. Bye.